Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 7 o'clock. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, October 8th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Eight new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka on Wednesday. Cases were trending down for a few days, and Sitka was inching closer to its alert level being reduced from high to substantial. Wednesday's new cases keep Sitka in high alert, pushing our case rate up to 22 cases over the last two weeks. Since the start of the pandemic, the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services has reported 1,140 cases, 23 hospitalizations, and five deaths in Sitka. The Sitka School Board heard an argument against relocating the public seaplane base to North Japonski Island when it met in regular session on October 6th. The board also heard an argument in favor of setting policy around the wearing of cultural regalia at graduation and said farewell to member Eric Van Seis, who is stepping down after six years of service on the board. Because Sitka's current public float plane dock is in bad shape, there has been general support for the construction of the new base and a revitalization of this transportation sector in Sitka. But the location came under scrutiny during a meeting of the Sitka School Board on October 6th. Annette Becker is the director of Ravensway, the next-door neighbor of the proposed base at the end of Seward Avenue. The proposed location is directly next to one of the Sitka School District classrooms that provide academic instruction to approximately 40 to 55 at-risk youth each year. Search and the Sika School District have a long-standing MOU. Ravensway has a school, a full-time teacher, and all of the students that are enrolled are enrolled in the Sika School District and earn school credit while receiving substance abuse treatment. Becker said that a plan approved by the Sitka Assembly anticipated about 21 one-way flights daily from the new base. During peak season, that could increase to 136 flights per day. Becker spoke during persons to be heard, so the board was not permitted to respond directly to her concerns. During board members' reports, however, member Blossom Teal said that Blossom Teal Olson said that she thought placement of the seaplane base was a growing concern in the community. Sitka School District Superintendent Frank Hauser asked the board to consider setting policy around the wearing of cultural regalia at graduation. Hauser said that his previous school district in Anchorage had an established regalia policy. I fully support a graduation regalia policy in SSD that provides for students wearing traditional tribal regalia or objects of cultural significance at graduation ceremonies. Um, I do not believe that students should be required to wear a cap if it's incompatible with the regalia or significant object. I also do not support any type of approval process like some other districts have um, through the regalia process. Um, For me, graduation day is a day to celebrate our students and honor their achievements and being able to uh, have students um, wearing traditional tribal regalia or object cultural significance also, I think, celebrates and recognizes them as well. The board agreed to refer the matter to the policy committee following the swearing-in of new board members next week. And finally, the school board said goodbye to its longest-serving member, Eric Van Seis, who has completed six years on the board. Former board president Elias Erickson crashed the meeting to express his gratitude to Van Seis. When I think about your time on the board um, and just characteristics of who you are, I just think uh, integrity is, is a huge one. And I, I think you are uh, someone who is willing to make sacrifices. Um, 
and not ever expect anything in return. And I would say when it comes to a publicly elected official, those are two qualities that are highly desirable and very, um, uh, they're, they're rare. They're rare in people. And it's just, uh, I think that my time that I shared with you, um, all those hours of conversations, not a minute of it was wasted. Eric Van Sys recounted some of the events of his tenure, including dispelling notions that the district was somehow teaching Sharia law, and the budget meetings that brought over 100 people into the high school library to speak in support of the Performing Arts Center. Van Sys warned of more choppy waters ahead as K-12 education across the country reassessed its approach toward equity and social justice, civil rights, and women's health. Now, these are adult things. We're a school district, but this is what our students are walking into, and this is what maybe is going on in their homes. So it's, it, we have a lot of work, and there's a lot of things on the horizon, but just do what you guys do. Uh, you know, look at it objectively. Uh, leave your politics. Leave your, your faith. I don't mean that in a bad way, but leave it out in the parking lot and come in here and, and seek neutral ground and uh, compromise and do your best. Van Sice will remain on the board through 5 p.m. Friday, October 15th, when newly elected member Todd Gebler is sworn in to replace him. Incumbent board president Amy Morrison will take the oath at the same time to begin her second three-year term. It's autumn in Alaska, and for foragers in Sitka, this means scooping up the last remnants of mushroom season before winter arrives. After a year-long hiatus amid the pandemic, resident bot- botanist Kitty Labounty's annual fungi foraging class made a triumphant return. KCAW's Tosh Kimmel tagged along on a foraging field report in the Tongass. When I arrive at the Mosquito Cove parking lot, Kitty LeBounty is passing around fungal specimens to a group of roughly 15 eager students. She's explaining how to identify edible and non-edible mushrooms, a skill she's mastered over the last 35 years. Um, we don't have that many poisonous mushrooms here that are really like, oh, you need to go to the doctor now. <laughs> like, right now. <laughs> um, some of the, gal- the gallerinas fit in. According to LeBounty, despite a relatively wet summer, it's been a pretty prolific mushroom year in Southeast. It seems like we actually had a pretty good year in terms of um, edible mushrooms. People found a lot of chicken in the woods. People found a lot of golden chain terrells and hedgehogs and things like that. So it seemed like overall it was pretty good despite being ridiculously soggy. LeBounty students meander around the woods, baskets in hand, admiring the fungal flora of the understory. See that tree back there? Oh, there's chicken. You're in the tall, woods. but I don't know if Not you're that, that tall. tall. <laughs> this is probably very teeny tiny winter chanterelles. I would wait for them to get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't pick them. I I'm just, gonna put them. Yeah. I'm gonna put them back. I'll put yeah. them back. Okay. Um, so I would, these will definitely get bigger. Just let these grow. You know. And we also have a a couple of different coral um, fungi here. Most of LeBounty students will go home with their own bounty of edible winter chanterelles. But she says not all her students are looking to take a specimen home today. You know, most people tend to focus on just a few species um, for the table, which I think is great. There's a few other people that are, you know, interested in fungi for fungi. Um, and don't hardly eat any at all. So those things happen. Um, 
And so some of it's foraging and some of it's, you know, intellectual curiosity that sends people out into the woods um, checking for fungi. For Sitka local Amy Johnson, today is about sharpening her foraging skills. We are constantly out in the woods and um, picking mushrooms. And my husband's usually, he's pretty good about it, but we just wanted to feel a little bit more confident about what we're what we're able to harvest and, and eat. Yeah, we like to... We like to eat what we can find in the wild. For others, like recent transplant Becky, it's about getting to know their surroundings. I just moved here in January, though. Um, okay. So I'm from Missouri, so this is a whole new <laughs> territory for me. So just getting used to the new uh, environment. While the colder, wetter days will soon put an end to mushroom season in the Tongass, Labounty says it's never too late to prepare for next year. There's really good books out there that are available. There's um, various social media groups. Um, there's also iNaturalist, which is another good way, um, you know, but it's good to just do a little bit of studying um, before you start eating, regardless whether it's fungi or plants. That's the nice Reporting from Mosquito Cove in Sitka, I'm Tosh Kimmel. And I'm Brooke Schaefer. This has been Raven News. Right now, we'll take a quick look at the weather. Here in Sitka, it is currently 48 degrees outside, and we've got some light rain falling from the skies. Today, we can expect scattered rain showers early in the morning, then rain. Highs in the upper 40s, east winds around 10 miles per hour, shifting to the southeast 15 to 20 miles per hour in the afternoon. Looking forward to tonight, rain lows in the lower 40s, southwest winds 15 to 25 miles per hour. And starting off our weekend tomorrow, Saturday, we can expect widespread rain showers, highs in the upper 40s, southwest winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. And now we have some time to take a look at our community calendar for some things happening in the listening region. The City and Borough of Sitka accepts applications for its Utility Cost Subsidization Program through Sunday, October 31st. If you have questions, call 907-747-1859. Registration for Sitka Whale Fest is now open. And it looks like the event is online Thursday through Sunday, November 4th through 7th. Registration is also now open for Sitka Youth Soccer's fall season, which begins Sunday, October 10th. Register at sitkayouthsoccer.com. And for more information, you can email sitkayouthsoccer at gmail.com. The Alaska Historical Society Conference is 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Thursdays through Saturdays, October 7th through 9th, and 14th through 16th via Zoom. Visit alaskahistoricalsociety.org for more information. This is Morning Edition on Raven Radio, 